the state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at an historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laugh as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. Welcome to the show, Ridiculous Historians. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now, it is no secret that uh, this this show, which we very much enjoy making, is not just a, a bunch of fun for us. It's also literally our jobs, which means we deal with some very strange legal situations. We're going somewhere with this. My name's Ben. My name is Noel. Ben, have you ever heard of the band Negative Land? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, what do they do? They have a song called Copyright Infringement is Your Best Entertainment Value. Maybe it's not a song, but it's definitely a slogan of theirs. I used to have a t-shirt. But uh, they were notorious for uh, uncleared samples that pissed mm-hmm. people off uh, quite a lot. They made an album called U2. Uh, on the cover of the album, it has the letter U and the numeral 2 and then negative land, very small at the bottom. And they were sued by the band U2, um, but this actual album contained uh, clips of famous radio DJ Casey Kasem, um, these outtakes where he's doing a dedication to a song for someone's dead dog. Not to be confused with super producer Casey Pegram. That's right. Casey Pegram, are you familiar with uh, the letter U and the numeral 2? I am indeed. Yeah. Yeah. And the dog's name is Fluffy, and you hear him getting riled up in between takes where he's like, these guys are from England, and who gives a you know? Casey Kasem and his non—hearing him in his non-jovial uh-huh. kind of worst was a lot of fun. But uh, copyright infringement is a big part of what we do. Not infringement specifically, but avoiding being sued for infringement, <laughs> shall we say. Yes. So, yeah, so a few, a few years ago, I made a rookie mistake on an episode of Car Stuff with my good pal, my ride or die, Scott Benjamin. Uh, and we sang a snatch of the birthday song— on the air. Now, the birthday song, it's exactly the song you're thinking of, is a, a, a co- it, it has copyright, it has legal protection, which is why you never hear it on sitcoms, for instance, or uh, even high quality television shows like Breaking Bad or something like that. You'll hear, you'll hear something else. It's because you have to legally pay someone to use that music. And Nowadays, copyright law is something that we associate 
more with the modern age. And I'm saying modern age as in like the last 200 years, you know. Uh, But today's episode is about a much older (laughs) version of a copyright scrap. And no, it's not about the mouse and how the mouse affects copyright law. Which mouse? The mouse. The mouse. Mickey? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is about a this is about a entirely different story. And and it's pretty old. I was surprised by how long ago this occurred, Noel. I was too, Ben. But in order to talk about historic copyright law, we have to first discuss something called the Statute of Anne, which was passed in 1710 in Great Britain, now the United Kingdom. Um, And before this statute was passed, publishers had an absolute monopoly. Uh, But the Statute of Anne um, did what very much what the idea of like a you know, the public domain kind of does. So 21 years uh, of publishing rights for the copyright holder, and uh, the idea was to promote the printing of new material. But the idea of copyright has existed way before even this historic copyright law. Around 560 A.D., we have a story that actually involves a sort of a mini-war, a skirmish, I guess you could say, based around copyright. Um, And it all had to do with the ownership of a particular book of Psalms, or a Psalter, known as the Cathach, uh, which is one of the oldest surviving handwritten manuscripts in Ireland. And this beef was between two uh, saints, canonized uh, monks of the Catholic Church in Ireland, St. Columba and St. Finian. That's right. Nowadays, and even back during the days of the Statute of Anne, Copyright infringement will land you in court. You'll have to pay fines and fees. You probably won't go to jail. Uh, You probably won't be physically injured. In this case, thousands of people would die as St. Finian and St. Columba went head to head. And it was all over the ownership of a copy of that, that Psalter that you mentioned earlier, Noel. Now, this Irish pronunciation... It's a little tricky for us because we do not speak Gaelic ourselves. It's spelled C-A-T-H-A-C-H. Ka? Katha? Yeah, it was like we heard, uh, well, let's, 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 let's let the computer talk. This is from a phrase, con cead ka. Here we go. Con cead ka. Con cead ka. It's got a ha at the end. Yeah, it sounds ha. like that's what con I was trying to yeah. There you go. The reason this book is important is that today it is the oldest surviving manuscript written in Ireland. It is attributed to St. Columba. So the guy we call St. Columba now was born Colmkill or Columkill in about 521. He had a lot of names too. Like one of them was mm. Colum McFailin McFergus, which I, I love. It's a lot very of fun. McFailin McFergus. McFergus. It's a very lilting, gentle thing to say. And Sill was added to his first name because he spent so much time as a kid 
in the local church. The Gaelic word for church is sil, spelled C-I-L-L-E. That's right. And Colm Sil, or Kill, uh, was, is actually translated to church dove in Gaelic. Yep. So uh, he was born in Donegal, Ireland, and he was a descendant of uh, Clan O'Donnell, a royal descendant, in fact. And we'll just refer to him as St. Columba from here on out because that's easier to say. Uh, he spent most of his life, literally, with his nose in books, uh, studying in monastic schools in early Christian Ireland. And he became part of a pretty important crew, the 12 Disciples of Ireland, who were 12 very, very learned gentlemen who studied under uh, St. Finian himself. Um, He also became a monk eventually and was a priest. Ah, there we go. Player two has entered the game. Could you tell us a little bit about St. Finian? Yes. So St. Finian of Clonard is indeed player two, also known as uh, Cluain Erard, E-R-A-I-R-D. Couldn't find that one on Forvo. Or Finian or Finonane. Um, and he was one of the earliest monastic saints of Ireland. He lived from 470 to 549. So again, he was uh, this very important teacher over this group of uh, very influential uh, monks and scholars in Ireland. Uh, he would have been m- much older than them at the time um, of in question of the story. Um, he is n- thought to have been born in Michel County, Carlow, um, and he was himself placed under the care of another monk when he was uh, a wee lad mm-hmm. named St. Forthcairn, um, and that is the gentleman who uh, taught him the, the ways of the Lord um, in Wales, actually. Probably also taught him to read. Yeah, of course. And that was a big deal because these manuscripts that we're talking about and the whole notion of copyright uh, very much hinges on this um, thing we take for granted today is the ability to read. And you had to be studying under some very high-level, you know, uh, scholars in order to have that ability. It was a special skill. You know, if we're just being off the cuff, it it was kind of like being able to fly a hot air balloon. You might know someone who could read yep. or know someone who knows someone, but you probably wouldn't be reading yourself. Finian eventually kind of solidified his legacy by founding something called the Clonard Abbey. Um, and that is where the 12 apostles of Ireland studied under him in Meath, Ireland. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snagajob is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs on-demand, temp-to-hire, part-time, or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Mint Mobile. 
You know, Ben, I got to say, one of the best parts about spring cleaning is that post-clean clarity you get where you're like, man, how have I been living like this? What's wrong with me? <laughs> you're right. No, it's it's kind of like when you find out you've been paying a fortune for wireless when Mint Mobile has phone plans for 15 bucks a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile and get unlimited talk, text, and data for 15 bucks a month. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. That's mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash ridiculous. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. St. Columbo was an honor student in the world of the seminary. He was constantly praying. Not When I say constantly praying, I'm not being hyperbolic. He was always praying or writing. This guy wrote 300 books over the course of his life. And when we say rights, we also mean original works and we mean transcribing existing works, That's which right. was which was something that quite a few people did in, in this industry. He was leading what some authors have called the book digitization of his day at Duro. He and his team of monks copied every single sacred text they could get their hand on and Something strange happened around 560 A.D. Columba and his mentor, Finian, came at odds. You see, Columba had acquired a new Psalter, a book of Psalms, and he copied it. And he said, okay, I've copied it. I'm going to keep my copy of the work. And St. Finian said, oh, no, 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 my friend. I don't think you can do that. Well, it belonged to him in the first place. Mm-hmm. And Columbus said, why, why can't I do this? The argument goes all the way up to the king. The dispute eventually leads to something I will woefully mispronounce. The Battle of C-U-L-D-R-E-I-M-H-N-E. The Battle of Coldremen. So here's how it all went down. St. Columba copies the Psalter. St. Finian says, you can't do that. And of course, we should mention, at this time, these guys aren't saints. They are holy men, but they have not been canonized, beatified, so on. Yeah, you don't ever refer to a person that's alive as a saint, right? That's, 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 that's not, pretty exclusively a posthumous thing. Not officially. Right. So they take this argument to the king, and Columbus says, it belongs to me because I copied it. Finian says, it belongs to me because I own the original book. He couldn't have made a copy without my book. Therefore, I should have both of them. And in a Shyamalan plot twist, the king gives this following judgment. To every cow belongs her calf. Therefore, to every book belongs its copy. That's not what I was expecting. That doesn't really jibe with the modern day, you know. Uh, Columba says, well, I disagree with that. And he doesn't walk away and kick rocks. Instead, he instigates a rebellion against the king. So imagine going to a court. 
whatever kind of uh, whatever kind of court case you might be involved in, something that is not concerning violence or anything. It's it's an intellectual property IP mm -hmm. issue, and then getting so angry about what the judge decrees that you decide to overthrow the country, which is which is what he attempted to do. He did successfully get a clan together to try to overthrow the king. It's pretty interesting. It actually, there were a few other little things thrown in the mix that led to, to this, this series of events. Oh, yeah. Finian said he didn't give permission, right, for it to be copied. Well, not only did he not give permission, like he, yeah, exactly. He, they, they were living under the same roof at the time. And um, it's a little interesting. And it, it, we don't really have the details as to why he didn't ask for permission because it would have taken him an awful long time to transcribe this because we've actually heard that it, it, some accounts that it is actually a uh, Gaelic translation of the Bible, the entire Bible. So to do that by hand, he would have taken him ages, and he had to do it at night without this this person's knowledge. Uh, so I'm a little confused as to why he didn't just ask. Maybe the guy was just a real pill, as you would say, with his property, and he's like, no, it's mine. What's mine is mine. You can't have it. But I thought their whole thing, their whole goal was to make these texts available more broadly. So I'm confused as to why Finian was being such a such a jerk about the whole You're right. Thing. To proselytize, to spread the word of God. But even before this beef happened, there was a beef between uh, between Columba himself and the king because mm -hmm. um, he gave uh, refuge to an escaped political prisoner. And um, then the king, Diarmud, uh, actually went against their established laws of sanctuary, or at least their customs. And uh, he had the escapee captured and executed and then put Columba himself under house arrest, uh, at which point Columba tricked the guards, escaped, and went back to his hometown in Tir Conal, where uh, he then heard that the king was actually pursuing him. Quick point there, though. This idea of tricking guards and escaping doesn't make a lot of sense if you think about it. I think there was something more to this story. I think it was bribery. It happens a lot even in the modern day when you hear about people escaping yep. in a, you know, in a cell or a, a – uh, uh, maybe a dodgy, chaotic country. That's true. But the idea of uh, a little bit more of like a capery kind of like escape, maybe a, a disguise of some sort, it's a lot more fun to picture than just like slipping the guard, you know, um, some some coin. And this is all wrapped up in the beef with the copied text as well. This was right. like the, that was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, I guess. It was the pretext. This text was the pretext for the war, exactly. or the, the battle, rather. And this battle, which occurs in 561 AD, leads to, according to sources, you could ballpark it at up to 3,000 deaths. It's not said explicitly who won the battle, but here's the thing. It was Columba who got punished for it, so I feel like we can safely bet the king won that skirmish. And people were deciding what they would do to punish Columba. They even talked about excommunicating him, which was a huge deal. Instead, they let him stay a part of the faith, and he was forced to leave Ireland. And he was given the task to convert as many people to Christianity as had died on the day of that battle. So right. up to 3,000 people if he wanted to properly pay his penance. Yeah, he took this uh, quite seriously, um, and he 
took off from Ireland and settled on the Isle of Iona uh, off the west coast of Scotland, the mainland of Scotland. And there he set up, he set himself up a monastery. And you may be familiar, you may that may ring a bell, the Isle of Iona, because that is where many um, of of Scotland's kings were were buried, including uh, potentially Macbeth. So he had twelve pals, um, traveling companions with him, uh, and he settled in five sixty three and began began the work of putting together this monastery and converting um, folks to Christianity. Happy Pride from Tomboy X. We just dropped our Pride 24 collection. Queer founded, queer run, and creating size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies. So you feel comfortable in your own skin. Visit TomboyX.com to shop. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Snagajob. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all in one solution for hiring high quality employees who can cover all your needs on demand, tempt to hire, part time, or full time. You name the position warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With their easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. Visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. So Iona becomes the center of Columba's second act, his, his redemption story, right? His redemption song, if we want to quote Marley. He works tirelessly teaching the Holy Word, the gospel. He goes all across Scotland attempting to convert the northern Pictish people. Uh, one legend comes out of his adventures, and that's that he actually met Nessie, the Loch Ness monster, and scared it away by making the sign of the cross as the creature approached. His career was not over. He went on to greatness. He became a Roman Catholic clergyman, and he actually contributed to the most famous ancient Irish manuscript, the Book of Kells, which you can go see today at Trinity. It's also a really delightful children's animated film. It's true. But even that was not enough to get this stain of copyright beef off of his record, off of his CV, he returned to his native land just one more time before he died. And he passed away on June 9th, 597, in Iona. Which he had become quite fond of. I mean, like yeah. he, he definitely had made this his second home. And it sounds to me like he 
didn't live a life of exile and shame. I mean, he went on to do really great works mm -hmm. and became a very revered figure in the history of Roman Catholicism. Right, yeah. And he was sort of a proponent of what we would call now copy left. Have you heard of this? No. Copy left is this arrangement where software or creative works can be used, modified, distributed freely on the condition that anything created by it is bound by the same condition. Hmm. You know what I mean? I, I think that's a great way to pursue innovation. And I also do want to mention one thing about St. Columba. All right, so I'm really into patron saints, right? I, I'm fascinated by the idea. I, I want to know your favorite patron saint, especially if they're patron of something obscure. St. Columba is one of the three patron saints of Ireland. We all know the most famous one, St. Patrick, right? Of course. But he's also the patron saint of Derry, the town, D-E-R-R-Y. Not like milk and cheese? No, no, no. He's not that cool. Floods, bookbinders, poets, and Scotland. What about St. Finian, you may ask? He is the patron of the Diocese of Meath. I would say right. that Columba um, came out ahead there. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's what you get for bogarting texts, you know, and being a, a, a jerk about letting people copy your stuff, you know. I'd say that uh, uh, generosity is a very important um, thing when it comes to sharing books, you know. I mean, Ben, you are a uh, very, very well-known book lender, you know, you love for people to uh, experience things that you yourself have enjoyed and found uh, culturally enriching. And I think that's a very important thing when it comes to this stuff. So, you know, be on the right side of history. Let people borrow books. <laughs> right. Be the library you wish to see in the world, to paraphrase Gandhi. Actually, that, that actually worked out. And, uh, hey, oh, you know, we haven't said it yet. We've got a birthday month coming up. For the three of us, as well as our pal, Matt Frederick. It's so wild. All of us. Yeah. Yeah. This is it. We're in the midst of it right now. Um, Casey, myself, you, Ben, and Matt all are our Leos. Roaring Leos. I'm Virgo. What? Yeah. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> Sorry. Well, I'm, I'm more month-oriented. I don't see a lot of Leoistic traits, but also full disclosure, one of my first freelance writing gigs was writing a horoscope column. And uh, the editor hired me because I said I didn't think there was much to it and that it would be easy to write vague horoscopes. But I got out of it, and I, had, I have a lot of respect for people who do believe it as a sort of psychological evaluation. But I don't know. I don't know if you could look at the four of us and say, well, we have a lot in common. We're mm -hmm. human, mm -hmm. right? We yeah. have the same number of limbs. It's true. That's I don't know. Personality-wise, though, I've always found, uh, I've observed that there are some pretty interesting traits uh, that you can associate with people's personalities that are, you know, predicted by astrology. But, you know, it's that confirmation bias thing that, that always uh, throws a wrench into the right. works there. Yeah. Or what if we're messing with people's personalities from the day that they can understand a language by telling them that's their personality? Yeah, I don't know about all that. I, I, I've always been pretty fascinated by it and found some stuff that was pretty interesting for me. 
but you know, we welcome all perspectives when of it comes course. to everything. Uh, and here's an interesting little tidbit to wrap up on. In 1957, there was an archaeologist in Britain named Charles Thomas who uh, excavated this wooden hut on the Isle of Iona and believed, without any way to prove it, that it belonged to St. Columba. Um, and only just recently, in 2017, a team of historians belonging to Historic Environment Scotland did radiocarbon dating on some of the samples that were found in 1957 during that excavation, and they found pieces of something called hazel charcoal that they were able to date back uh, 1,500 years to a time when Columba was absolutely in the thick of his Iona days. Cool. Um, So there you go. So he did. He did live there. He did. And those uh, radiocarbon dated the site back uh, about 1,500 years to a time when Columba was absolutely living there. So this definitely would have been his hut, and this would have been the time where he was spreading Christianity to the Pictish people Uh of the Scottish Isles. So that would have been more of a uh, Celtic polytheistic religion, almost almost akin to something we would refer to as paganism. Uh, Celtic polytheism uh, probably often depicted as uh, druids or something, in popular mass media, but I think it's always a wonderful and inspiring thing when we are able to connect these ancient stories with true physical artifacts, do a little bit of object journalism, ah, which I have to talk about later. I'm really into this thing now. Uh, I will say in the defense, in the defense of horoscopes, astrology, and other sorts of psychological batteries uh, for anyone who may be concerned that I'm poo-pooing it or throwing out the baby with the heavenly bathwater, I do want to say one thing that's been creepy for most of my life, I've always ended up dating Aquarians. I don't know why. I seriously think there was maybe one exception in middle school. Aquariuses? I, I think it's Aquarians, isn't Would it? Would it be? I guess so. Yeah. I never thought about that. And did you ever hear about that uh, That 13th astrological sign no. that was found. It's a story for another day. Casey, do you remember that one? I don't remember this, no. Oh my gosh, you guys, it's a true story, but we don't have time for it today. Thank you so much uh, for tuning in. What are your favorite patron saints and what are they patrons of? Bonus points if it's super obscure. And hey, uh, Noel, what would you be the patron saint of? Probably procrastination, Ben. Patron saint of procrastination. I like it. I like it. Um, Casey, I'm not going to put you on the spot because I know you hate that. So let's just call you the patron saint of not being put on the spot for today. How's that sound? There you go. I love that. (laughs) Uh, And what would you be the patron saint of? Let us know. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Uh, You can catch me on my personal Instagram at Ben Bolin uh, or on Twitter where I'm at Ben Bolin HSW. I mainly just rock the Instagram at How Now Noel Brown. Another fun place to get in touch is through our Facebook group, Ridiculous Historians. You can do that um, by searching for Ridiculous Historians on Facebook and you just have to answer a simple question. Uh, name one of the members of the show. It could be me. It could be Ben. It could be Super Producer Casey Pegram. could be Jonathan Strickland the Quizzer. could be Christopher Osios. could just be a fun little joke or a pun. Yeah, if you, I, I mean, honestly, if you make me laugh, you're in, right? Absolutely. Hey, and do us a solid. Uh, write us a, uh, a review on the podcast platform of your choice. Um, but doing it through Apple Podcasts is always a super helpful way of helping people discover the show. Yep. Every week, one of our bosses walks through the office dragging a, a heavy headsman's axe. And uh, if, we, if we don't get good reviews, sometimes that axe swings. It's true. 
I mean, not not like at us in a dangerous way. HR would never allow that. No, just more like kind of in an intimidating thing. He sort of drags it across the yeah. ground with sort of a scree kind of sound and occasionally a whoosh, yeah. you know. But it's a um, psyop. Luckily, we haven't actually been injured by this giant axe yet. But you can make sure that yeah. definitely never happens by writing those iTunes reviews. <laughs> yes. So thanks to you for listening. Thanks to our super producer, Casey Pegram. Thanks to Jonathan Strickland, that rap scallion, that scat, that scoundrel we call the quister. Thanks to Alex Williams, who composed our theme. Research associates Gabe Lucier and Ryan Barish. Uh, thanks to Christopher Hasiotis, here always in spirit. And thanks to you, Ben Bolin, for, for being a, a, a checker shirt-wearing friend. Thanks to you, Noel Brown, and thanks to you, St. Columbo, for looking out for bookbinders. We'll see you next time, folks. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Happy Pride from Tomboy X, celebrating pride and the queer community all year. Queer founded, queer run, and the makers of the original boxer briefs for women, creating sustainable size and gender inclusive underwear, swimwear, and loungewear for all bodies so you feel comfortable in your own skin. Tomboy X just dropped their Pride 24 collection obsessively fit tested for all day comfort in sizes three extra small through six X visit tomboyx.com. This episode of ridiculous history is brought to you by Avalon waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am. And, uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry. And that is my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream through winding passageways, rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people and more of everything. Limited time special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.